Ahoy there, matey. Welcome aboard the world of boating. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. You're going to need a bigger boat. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. I was just looking in to buy a boat of my own. Call World of Boating toll-free now at 1-888-28-BOAT. That's 1-888-828-BOAT. And welcome, this is the World of Boating, Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick is not here with us today. I know you're you're saying, oh my gosh, what what the heck happened? No, it's just, Patrick. I know, he, he'll he'll be back, he will. He's Patrick. just, ta- he's taking, he's taking a, he's just taking a break. So we're without a captain, but we do have uh, Barry the Boater, Mike the Mariner rounding out the crew, and uh, Barry's all excited. Uh, he's waving his hands, as you can see it. On YouTube, Facebook Live, and Twitch. Why? Why, Barry? Why? Uh, because I think what he's doing is decompressing over last week's boat show. Uh, that, that may be what it is. I mean, you know, uh, he, he had to haul everything back. Um, in he his needed a break. Truck. He yeah. needed a break. Uh, that is understandable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we were, talking, any, yeah. Uh, we were talking about the Discover Boating International or uh, Miami International Boat Show, and the numbers have come out. Uh, they've said that they've had well over 100,000 visitors. And that uh, sales reports were very, very strong from all the exhibitors and manufacturers and and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, what the specific numbers were on sales, I mean, they kind of hold that close to the vest. But uh, evidently, over the uh, what is it, a five-day event, they had over 100,000 mm-hmm. people show up at the Miami uh, International Boat Show. That is good. That's awesome. That means yes. uh, demand is strong. Hopefully, that translates into more business and better options for you. As the uh, as the average boater, you know, because if business mm-hmm. is good, that means you know more manufacturers are going to put out more stuff for you to purchase. Uh, w- would you agree with that uh, statement there, Mike the Mariner? What do you think? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I think uh, the market is probably a little different than it was during the pandemic and the ir- irrational exuberance, maybe. But right, uh, I think it's still steady. People are still interested. Uh, boats are still moving. Just not quite at the same pace. Yes, it slowed down a little bit, but still demand is strong and business is being uh, being done. So hopefully we can keep that mm-hmm. momentum. And like I said, ultimately that means more choices for you, the end mm-hmm. user, the end uh, boat purchaser, or just boater, yeah. you know, boat enthusiast. So I think it's good. Now a little bit later on, we're going to have a special guest, a YouTuber, uh, who, who I guess is relatively, you know, I don't know, relative. Yeah, I think he's been doing it a while, but he has a YouTube channel about boat restoration. Uh, you know, he's retired. He he uh, decided, you know, in his retirement days, he, he wanted to just uh, do what a lot of people want to do. Just get an old boat, fix her up, and then, you know, maybe get her out on the water at some point. Who knows? But he's going to mm-hmm. join us a little bit later on, and we're going to follow his progress or mistakes that he documents on YouTube. He's quite, <laughs> quite a guy. Joe is going to join us from Motor City Boatworks a little bit later on. Uh, but uh, Mike the Mariner has been keeping pretty busy. And, uh, you know, we were talking about this a while ago uh, with this. Uh, I, I want to get an update on this prop thing <laughs> you mentioned a couple <laughs> yeah. of weeks ago, which uh, yeah. I, I forget what it was called, but it basically it's a it, it's not not really a super new design, but they're saying this design a prop which kind of has holes mm-hmm. in it or or you it's it's like a using weird blender technology mm-hmm. like you're trying to froth your coffee 
kind of thing. Yeah. It has some kind of weird uh, technology yeah. that uh, lo- looks like one of those blender things. And they're they're talking about this could be mm-hmm. uh, quite an upgrade for props in the future. Like I, I saw right. from the after you talked about, it, I looked it up, saw a couple YouTube videos, and, and they are saying mm-hmm. that this prop could have a efficiency increase of twenty to thirty percent, depending on what type of right. bright and and activity and, and you're it's, using. And, and it's quieter too. Quieter, right. yes, yeah. So yeah. I mean, yeah. they actually showed YouTube videos of it running. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's for motors that are I think one hundred fifty horsepower and up, and um, mm-hmm. I call it the two kidney prop. Because uh, if you have two yeah. engines, you're going to need two kidneys to pay for it. Really? Okay. Well, <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe. It, it, they are very pricey at this stage. Yeah. But if you think about it, um, the gain in efficiency over over the course, because you get um, much more speed out of the same RPM, mm-hmm. uh, which translates into fuel savings and efficiency. Right. Is, uh, and quieter, too, like, like Barry said. Yeah. I mean, that was mm-hmm. actually that was one of the examples I saw on YouTube. They uh, compared yeah. the the noise level, and it was substantially lower. And I mean, hey, if you're cruising yeah. and it's quieter, I I think it's a big win. I like uh, less noise when I'm cruising around on a boat. You think? Would you, yeah. Mike? Well, or what? Yeah. When 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 you think about innovation, you know, prop design hasn't changed all that much for the various applications over the years. You know, yeah. you've got aluminum props for you know smaller boats, and and they've mm. all been shaped about the same way. And then you have you know the speed props with the you know the three blade or two blade you know real sharp um uh blades uh and then boats like mine you know with with uh nibral props and you know for slower turning vessels the, the designs have all been very similar mm-hmm. this to me is is a big change and and has big potential i'm i'm looking for um some data and i have not been able to find it uh on any test they might have done on on a vessel that weighs about what mine does, which is about 34,000 pounds. I'd love to see what that looks like. Sure. Um, yeah. You know. Well, the technology has been around for a while, but, uh, and, and it's actually, I, I read some stuff that had been tried a long time ago, but they failed because they couldn't really, you know, come out with the proper manufacturing to make it efficient enough to mm-hmm. uh, create these props. But, you know, with technology, the way it's uh, going or, I don't know if 3D printing is involved or new materials or manufacturing <laughs> yeah. ways. There's a company, a couple of companies that are, are looking into this and trying to, you know, uh, yeah. fi- figure that out and see if they can bring that to market. So it'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. I mean, you combine that with like an electric uh, motor vessel. I mean, wow. Uh, mm-hmm. Less noise on the prop, uh, less noise with uh, because you're using electric. I mean, th- that could be a win-win. I mean, because it's oh, it's less noise for the uh, marine life too underwater. It, supposedly. It, well, it'll be yeah. more efficient then too if yeah. if it can work well with an electric motor. Well, they, I had yeah. read something about it that if they put these on big commercial shipping container type vessels, uh, they make a huge difference in sound, mm-hmm. which they say you know is a problem potentially with whales and things like that. Uh, you know, and and stuff. You know, creating problems for dolphins and their echolocation and all that. I mean, who knows what the truth is there? But hey, you know that that is well, one of the noise pollution issues that you hear uh, uh, spouted off of, about quite a bit from from the environmental mm-hmm. world uh, when it but comes you, to marine you, life and stuff. You, Greg, you yeah. hear it because we both dive. Yes, and you we can do. tell when a boat's coming by. There's a high speed whine you hear. You that can't is true. Miss it, right? right. And, and you know that's good that we hear it when we're diving. The problem is mm-hmm. underwater, 
you know, you you lose your sense of direction of sound. You can yeah. hear stuff really, really uh, far, uh, you know, far away from a from a boat or whatever it is. But you lose your directional control when you're scuba diving, and you can't tell where that is coming from. So if you hear a boat motor whine, like Barry's talking about, you go down deeper. <laughs> like, right. Don't go up so to maybe that point. Quiet. Yeah, in, in that particular instance, quiet is not better. Correct. That's uh, <laughs> right. that is one of the downsides. But hey, you know we're just people. We want to look out for the whales. Yeah. We don't want to mess them up and stuff too. So, yeah. I mean, because you can uh, kind of judge distance by the by the you know by the right. pitch, right? And, and yeah. it's not like you're going to get wit rid of the sound and it travels so far underwater. I, I would imagine it won't affect divers. Uh, you're still going to be able to hear a uh, boat whine or engine in some. It might be a little bit lighter, but once again, sound travels very, very far uh, on, in water uh, compared to uh, in air. So my, I don't think it'll affect mm-hmm. us in that my, sense. Mike, the way you're safe when you're diving is you send your buddy up first to check. Barry? <laughs> you go up and pull the... Barry, go, go take a look at it. Go check out that sound. Go check out that sound. And if then, he disappears, uh, well, if he doesn't, stay down. If he doesn't float yeah. back down, then you follow him up. Right. Well, make sure he's moving. And uh, he still has his head attached to his body and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's, uh, that's what uh, dive buddies are for. So yeah, Barry would be... He'd be the uh, designated lookout if we get into those. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, yes. Come on. Don't lie. <laughs> no, I got to pull no rank. bosses underwater. Yeah. Hey, I'm a dive master. Oh, actually, I'm a dive instructor, Barry. You're just open You're water advanced, no, right? I'm a master scuba diver. Oh, well, I'm still above oh, you. I, I'm an instructor. So you no. suck it. That's what I say. And you're going to do what I say. I'm pulling rank. All right. Uh, Joe from Motor City Boatworks next on the World of Boating. Stay close. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. Hosting a radio show about scuba diving and boating is one of the best gigs on the planet. It's actually part of my job to check out and report on cool new products I personally use to enhance my diving and boating adventures. However, I do believe in sharing the joy, and this is why we've added Nanook protective hard cases to our list of products you can now purchase on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Nanook cases are designed to protect the most sensitive equipment in the harshest environments. Underwater photographers listen up from their high-impact NK resin to their exclusive power claw latches, Nanook has raised the bar for those of you that demand the best protection for your gear. Plus, Nanook protective cases cost less than similar products currently on the market. The company has been around for over 15 years, but it's new to the U.S., so we've made a small number of Nanook cases available exclusively for you at a special introductory price on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Go there now and check out Nanook, the evolution of protection. explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. Even Keatley wasn't ready for me or anything that followed. Chased by a police department, led by his ex-girlfriend, and hunted by brain-fork-wielding Fijian assassins, it's everything he can do to keep from getting locked up, killed, or worse. Kava Screw is available as an ebook for $2.99 at Amazon.com. 
Tava screw. Put a brain fork in him. He's done. successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating. I do like the one. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. The sun, the sea air, good friends. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. I'm strong to the finish because I eat me spinach. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Barry the Boater, Mike the Mariner, rounding out the crew, and we now have a special guest all the way from YouTube. Joe from Motor City <laughs> Boatworks is with us, uh, helping us out today, or I don't know, maybe we're helping him out. I have no idea, but we're glad <laughs> to have him. Welcome aboard there, Joe. How you doing, buddy? Hey, thanks so much. Uh, this is Joe from Motor City Boatworks. I really appreciate you guys having me on the show. Absolutely. Now, you can see him on YouTube, on his uh, YouTube channel. You can actually see him on the live stream for World of Boating today at uh, on YouTube, uh, Facebook Live, and, and Twitch. And he's uh, standing in front of or sitting down in front of his big red boat. What do you got yeah. there, Joe? What yeah. is that? So I'm inside uh, Motor City Boatworks. It's my boat shop here. I call it The Works, W-E-R-K-S. And uh, behind me is a 1986 Albin 27 family cruiser. Uh, This this boat, uh, for your listeners, it looks like a maybe a down east uh, style uh, cruising boat or perhaps a very small lobster, uh, main lobster fisherman type of boat. It has double cabin, double Mm -hmm. cabin, center cockpit. It has the galley, of course, a V-berth. It's got a head. Uh, the aft cabin has a berthing area that's actually two berths that can be converted into something that's approximately full or queen-size berth. Mm. Um, it runs off a single diesel uh, engine, uh, usually about 50 horsepower, maybe up to 100, depending on when they were produced. Right. It's all fiberglass. Okay. Uh, it's all fiberglass. And yeah. uh, what I've done is I've stripped this thing down. I've been working on it now for about eight years. I stripped this thing down. It's a bare hole. What you see behind me is completely bare. There's mm-hmm. nothing on the inside. I pulled, right. pulled out all of the interior, the wood, the metal, the upholstery, electrical systems, plumbing systems. It's all empty. And I'm rebuilding it back now, putting it back, making it better than it was before. Nice. And he's documenting this on his YouTube channel, uh, Motor City Boatworks. Uh, uh, just look it up. Uh, Works, W-E-R-K-S. want to make sure you get that out there. But uh, but you you started doing this when, Joe? I mean, this has been like a retirement project for you, right? Well, this right now is my, is my retirement project, but I started restoring boats uh, probably 30, 40 years ago. Uh, back when I was a young officer in the Marine Corps, and it was something I kind of did on the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was stationed at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. I had a classic sailboat called an Alberg 30, a very beautiful classic plastic sailboat, fiberglass sailboat, like, like Jimmy Buffett always talks about. And uh, right. I lived on that boat for a number of years and took it back and forth with me across country into the Caribbean. And I wrote a book about it, but that's beside the point. The, mm-hmm. uh, it, and I've always been kind of messing around with boats. I, I, uh, I started in the Marine Corps, ended up working for the government for about uh, 
30 years. I, I worked for one of the three-letter agencies. It was, t- it was difficult work, dangerous work, toxic work. Right. And I needed a... Uh, escape. Uh, like a hobby, an escape. Yeah. And boating mm-hmm. was always that. So I was always, no matter where I was assigned or where I was stationed, I always had a boat of some sort that I was screwing around with. Mm-hmm. Usually older, kind of classic sailboats, uh, big ones, small ones, trailable or not, and uh, kind of working on them, making them better than they were, and uh, you know, then using them on the weekends for adventures and stuff like that. I always wanted to have a, a boat shop. I always wanted to own a marina, but you know, a marina costs a million and a half dollars to get a junkie one, and right. I, I just couldn't afford it. And uh, so it was like a fantasy. Quit my day job and go you know, be a boat rat and work in a marina or something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, but I, I couldn't do it. And, uh, last February, 2022, I retired after 30 years of service. And so much of my identity was wrapped up in, uh, you know, my day job career that I had all my adult life. I didn't know what I was going to do. And mm-hmm. I started thinking about it and I said, you know, I always wanted to own a boat shop. I'm going to go mm-hmm. ahead and build myself a boat shop. Right. And and I'm going to build a boat shop. And I'm going to restore this boat that I've been working on for a number of years. It was always sitting outside, having leaves fall on it and stuff. I said, I'm going to build a proper boat shop. A boat shop that rivals all other boat shops. It is impressive. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, you basically uh, just built this, uh, you know, this, yeah. I don't know, it's not a shed. It's like one of the big steel warehouse type thing so you obviously had the property and had built it up and just built your dream uh work uh, my own shop for me and i and i didn't want the hassle of having customers or having to do business or anything like that i said i'm gonna have only one customer me and i'll work as hard as i want to (laughs) work on my boat and do it the way i want it and i'm just gonna live the dream like there are hobby farmers Mm -hmm. they have hobby farms they're they're not really into making money with their farm they're just kind of do it because they love agriculture i'm like a hobby boat shop guy a hobby marina guy i just like working on boats on my boat in particular Mm -hmm. and uh that's the whole idea. That's the gag behind Motor City Boatworks. Well, it's, I don't know if it's a, real, a gag. Real boat shop, but it's a. I think fun. you are indeed li- living the dream. That's definitely uh, on a <laughs> lot of boaters. Dream. That's list. not a good thing. I don't. Well, know. you know the the other dream is to you know buy a boat, sail around the world, and you know sail off into the sunset. But you got to have the boat first, so you might as well fix it. Yeah. And if you enjoy doing that kind of stuff, I mean, why not? And you can follow his progress on YouTube every day, or every, I don't know how often you're doing a lot of videos. I post- yeah, I post once a week, once uh, usually a week, okay. on Fridays. But the last also, one I saw, you got stuck inside there or something. Yeah, <laughs> so it's yeah, quite but, entertaining yeah, this, to, yeah, this, to this watch. This happens quite frequently. Yeah. I mean, dude, my, I'm not a small guy anymore. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I sometimes worry I, I, I sometimes worry that, uh, you know, I'm in down here working in the works. Right. But by the way, I have a surveillance camera set up that goes back to the house so the wife can check in on me and yeah. talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Because Make when sure. I first built this thing, I thought, you know, there's going to come a time when I'm going to drop something on my head or knock myself out or get stuck or hurt, and I'm going to need to call for some help. And someone's got to be able to see you, that I'm down here. Right. And, uh, and so, and so uh, I, I frequently worry about working on the boat. I get stuck up inside there. She's going to find me at the end of the day like a, like a, like a mouse that uh, yeah. died on your refrigerator. Or oh, exactly. But, uh, yeah. yeah, Barry, what do you think? What do you think about that? Uh, you, should, you should tie a line to your legs before you go in there. <laughs> 
and then leave there a note to pull you back <laughs> yeah. out if something so somebody happens. can find me. Uh, yeah, I don't know. A live right. stream yeah. might be the way yeah. to go on YouTube. I know you're doing the <laughs> film and the video. Yeah, you do the episodes once a week. Episodes on Friday. On Friday, okay. And then they're usually 20 minutes long. Yeah. They're very information heavy. I try to cover projects that are not being covered or have not been covered so so uh well or detailed or kind of different perspective uh in in those 20 minute segments i call Mm -hmm. those episodes and then uh for subscribers uh i i ask them to subscribe and hit the notification button because i do live streams from the shop and you can actually you know, watch me in the shop live working. And, right. You uh, might save us life if he gets stuck yeah. down there in the bilge or something. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a really great opportunity for people to ask questions because there's a chat feature in YouTube. And they of can touch yeah. question and, and I can explain what I'm doing in a little more detail because I try to keep the episodes very concise. Yeah. 20 minutes or less during the week, just little nuggets of information, kind of telling a story. But, you know, a lot of these projects are quite involved and mm-hmm. the thought process and the choice of materials and the, and the why you do things and why you don't do these other things or, or why I'm doing certain things. Cause some of my ideas are a little unconventional. Yeah. I, I will admit that. Well, Hey, and, you uh, fit in well with our crew. So I uh, hang over. Let's do another segment with uh, Joe from Motor City Boatworks. Uh, this is interesting stuff. You can check him out on YouTube, but he's on the world of boating today. We got more coming up. Stay close. You're listening to the world of boating radio network. Traffic sucks, unless you're scuba diving with Mike Scott. Mike glanced down at his dive computer. It showed less than 50 PSI left in his tank. Probably just a few more breaths. Or riding shotgun in a thrilling car chase. One bullet hit the Jeep's windshield, spiderwebbing the passenger side. Mike shifted into second gear and felt the Jeep leap forward. This just got serious. Escape your commute with audiobooks from author Eric Douglas. Download to your phone. Go to booksbyeric.com or audible.com. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the boating world? Well, look no further than the World of Boating Radio Show. Just like you, thousands of boating enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to worldofboating.com, send us an email, and let's get to work to make your marketing message matter. successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating. I do like the one. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. The sun, the sea air, good friends. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. Oh, look at this. So much fun, you'll ship your pants. You'll ship your pants, bro! <laughs> This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Barry the Boater, Mike the Mariner, and our special guest, Joe from Motor City Boatworks. He's on YouTube. You can follow his uh, progress on this uh, Albin 27 family cruiser, and uh, you can follow his progress or his mistakes. I don't know. It's been a combination of... I would imagine as as this has went on, 
uh, time uh, as, as, you, as you've been documenting this on YouTube. Some things go perfect, and some things you hit a little bump in the restoration project and then have to fix yeah. that mistake or what? For sure. There are days where it feels like I take uh, one step forward and then like two steps back. Right. And, uh, and, and in particular, you know, because I didn't always have the works uh, where I work on the boat now, right? This, in, this enclosed workshop. Right. I, I was doing it in my backyard. I built a little boat yard with some gravel railroad ties. I was doing it under trees and stuff like that. Mm. And, and uh, about, you know, eight years ago, six years ago, when I was working on this boat outside, a lot of my work was, you know, rushed. Some stuff is temperature sensitive. It didn't come out very well. Yeah. Uh, and so now, now that I've got it inside, I got beautiful lighting. Uh, everything's kind of climate controlled. It feels fantastic. I'm really much more critical of going back, looking at stuff. And it's like, man, I need to really redo that. I need right. to do this. There are days you start a project, you say, this is ah, this is a two-hour mm-hmm. project. No problem. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna put in electrical panel. I'm gonna do this and that, and then you get in there and and it becomes. While you're in days, there, I better days. do this. I better change yeah, this. I, I better change that now. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, the the interesting thing is that I did not think it would be this difficult putting a boat back together. It's still a bare hold behind me. Mm, right. And the and the issue is. I don't really know because I was never a professional boat builder guy or mm-hmm. never worked in a real marina. I don't know what goes in in what order. What are the steps you take? And right. uh, so a lot of that's been kind of feeling my way around. Kind a lot of, of trial and error. Yeah. Logically thinking, okay, I think I want to put this in before I put that in mm-hmm. because it's going to be uh, so difficult to get access to space. Sure. Sure. Mike, uh, the Mariner, what do you think about yeah. this stuff? I, well, I think you have uh, a, a wonderful opportunity to make some some serviceability improvements to boat design, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that most this of these has to boats, be, you know, yeah. if it's yeah. anything like mine, you know, you, you try to find a plumbing fitting or a wiring harness or something like that. You, sometimes you actually have to cut a panel out to get to, to absolutely like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you mentioned uh, you'd been working on that boat for a while. And of course, everybody just wants to have the boat in the water running. What's your timeline to get that boat complete? And then, how are you going to use that? And then to follow that, what are you going to do next? Yeah, sure. Good point. So, so I'm retired now. I retired last year. So this is all I do all day long. I actually mm-hmm. have a punch clock where I punch in. Uh-huh. Really? <laughs> I work okay. in my own workshop. I bought a punch <laughs> clock. It makes me feel like someone's looking over my shoulder. Am I really putting in the hours? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, this book, you know, I started the YouTube channel to put the first video out six months ago. This is the sixth day. Today is the six-month anniversary of my YouTube channel. Okay. And, Happy uh, anniversary. So, yeah. Thank you. And so uh, uh, the, plan is, the plan was to get the boat done in the next 24 to 36 months, but I've already hmm. wasted six months so far. So <laughs> I, 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 I think things are going to speed up once I get past the dirty work, the sanding mm-hmm. and the grinding and the fabricating things, and, mm-hmm. and it'll just become a matter of like putting in systems. I believe that stuff will probably go a little faster than some of the fiberglass and painting work because you know that has built-in drying times and right. curing times and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. So, and I think you can also work on it maybe in a lot more uh, 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 shorter increments, but mm-hmm. oftentimes throughout the day. Whereas now, if I come down and grind or paint on the boat, man, I'm shot at the end of the day. I, right. I just can't do anymore after a couple hours. Right. But I think you know you can lay wire and you can uh, hook things mm-hmm. up 
20 minutes here, 30 minutes there, an hour mm-hmm. over here, and just keep plugging uh, away at it. Sure. So 24, 36 months to get the boat done. And then the plan is my wife and I are going to go, go cruising. Of course, we're going to do the mm. loop. We're going to use this for the great loop. Okay. And, uh, and I'm designing it for the purpose of being able to what I call long-term cruising. Now, it's not the same as sailboat long-term cruising or real extreme mm-hmm. long-term cruising like you get in a big trawler, but, but we should be able to stay out a number of days at a time the real limitation with this boat is probably going to be the holding tank and uh because you can only have so much capacity right, right. and uh holding tank and probably freshwater capacity but <laughs> you know you could have a, you could have a freshwater m- maker put in here but you still got a holding tank problem in the yeah. United States. Now Barry just so, started laughing, yeah. and I assume yeah. it's because <laughs> you're bringing up a poo. No, my holding tank is the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez! And be- because I'm on the Great Lakes here, well, we really got to be particular about yeah. uh, how, how things are done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we'll do the Great Loop. We'll do. I, I really want to take the boat to the Pacific Northwest. It's been a it's a bucket list item of mine. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I really also want to take the boat down to the Sea of Cortez. And wow! Uh, mm-hmm. I, so you I'd have like no goals that. at all, Joe. Is oh, no, I, got one, I got an even better one. You're gonna love this. Oh yeah, because this boat is trailerable and it weighs when it'll be when it's finished. It should weigh somewhere around I don't know. I'm guessing eight thousand pounds, mm-hmm. and it's on a it goes on a triple axle trailer, which I have outside. Right? Okay, and and it can be towed, you know, with a three quarter ton truck or whatever. Right. What I would like to do is I I have considered and I'm investigating how to ship this thing overseas hmm. because I believe this boat would be the ideal boat to do French canals mm-hmm. around, uh, okay. uh, around the Netherlands, mm-hmm. uh, European in and rivers and coastal stuff like that. Yeah. I think it would be awesome. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and you could, because the boat can be put on a trailer, it can be roll on, roll off. They have those RO, Right. Roll on, roll off. R-O-R, yeah, whatever. Right. Those ROR uh, shipping, mm-hmm. it's actually, you know, right not in the sweet spot of the size. Expensive. In that it's regard. not impossibly yeah. expensive. It can be done. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, I just got to look at the numbers and see whether this thing will be worth it. Of course, there's a lot of other considerations. You know, you got to have 220, you're going over to Europe. There's some other things like that. But yeah. now is the time to kind of make those choices with the boat. And there are a lot of marine things that are kind of dual dual voltage purpose mm-hmm. right and, uh you know they're done for both europe and for united mm-hmm. states yeah so if you choose the right equipment at this stage this might not be an issue you can make it happen mike know. the mariner yeah. what do you yeah. think about that yeah actually i was thinking about that earlier when you were talking about boat systems installation and one of the things that's you know kind of crucial is making sure that the electrical systems are installed in a way because you have an enclosed engine compartment so you have an engine room or an engine yes. compartment there are enclosed spaces um what do you are you using a, a a design or have someone providing you a design to assure that uh, that, that those systems are going to be installed yeah have uh, you been in no, touch with like the, the original manufacturer are you going back to original documents on the yeah. vessel what, what are you what are you doing in that regard Joe? <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh alban uh marine boats uh, they, I believe the brand has been rebought by some other boat company now, but they're not really mm-hmm. made anymore. It's right. my understanding. Mm-hmm. And in mm-hmm. particular, these boats aren't made anymore. There are about five, 600 of these boats made. There are about 2000 of the Swedish Alban 25, the smaller version of this thing. Mm-hmm. Made. Those came from Sweden. The, okay. there's no, the documentation that existed for these things are rare as, uh, you know, uh, 
uh, ancient artifacts. They don't exist. Yeah. Mm, and right. uh, one of the things I've tried to do is start documenting. And this is one of the purposes of the YouTube channel is to just start trying to kind of document and, and, and kind of uh, get really good information about what exactly is there and, and things like that. So there are no schematics. I will come up with the electrical plan myself. We'll right. talk about that on the YouTube channel. Yeah. We'll talk about an e-budget. How do you budget for the for the electrical requirements that you're going to have? How do you make the choices? Right now, I'm behind the scenes research-wise. I'm wrestling between do I go with traditional batteries? Do I go with the new lithium batteries? And if mm-hmm. I do go with the lithium batteries, what does that mean for some of the equipment that I already have for the boat? Yeah, you don't want uh, things going wrong. And we're going to talk about some of those mistakes that uh, maybe you can uh, learn from from watching uh, Joe at Motor City uh, Boatworks next on the World of Boating. Stay close. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating i do like the one the radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle the sun the sea air good friends brought to you by worldofboating.com your internet portal for the boating enthusiast you can't have five people or ten people uh, in a boat. So if it is a family of four or five, like husband, wife, and kids, they're going to have to pick two of them at a time. They to would, go on yeah. The boat. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Grace Ball, where did you get the right to tell me how many people can come on my boat? Nobody asked that question. Whoa, really? There's right there. It's on the boat or on the dock. Nobody said anything. Sweetly sailing, darling. This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Barry the Boater, Mike the Mariner, and Joe from Motor City Boatworks with us. He's on YouTube. Look him up. Follow his progress. Learn from his progress and his uh, mistakes. You know, as he restores this 27-foot Albin cruiser, family cruiser. It looks pretty impressive. And, uh, I mean, you, you know, we're talking about you know, what goes into the process of, uh, you know, what you want to do with it. Ultimately, do the Great Loop. Maybe you've taken overseas, cruise with your wife and that kind of thing. I mean, that's what every boater wants to do. That's like living the dream, and, and you're kind of building it from the from the ground up. I mean, obviously, obviously, this is an older boat, Joe. So you've probably come, you know, come across a few situations already where you started the project, and you already said that it ended up taking much longer than you thought it would initially when you started but have you had any uh, situations and I'm, i would imagine you've documented some of them on youtube but you you got into something like oh crap i gotta start all over again uh, i messed this up or or are you thinking so far in ahead you're one of those really uh, detailed kind of guys what where would you put yourself in that uh in that category you think you know i try <laughs> i i was just talking about in an episode i have coming up where i talk about the 10 foot rule have yeah. you guys heard this? Right, the ten we foot rule. This, right? Never uh, ten foot, come within ten, ten feet of bury the boater. Yeah. Yeah. Ten, foot, <laughs> ten foot rule. The ten foot rule is the amateur boat uh, restorers kind of mantra. You you look at your boat and from the dock, if it's 
10 feet away and it looks pretty good. All right, you're doing okay. Okay, all and right. Th- that's the standard <laughs> that you're trying to achieve. Uh, now, okay. When you get down below, that reduces to about three feet, right? Got it. But I, I, I try to do a little bit better than a 10-foot rule. I'm not okay. a perfectionist. Right. My boat has, there are certain things I've chosen for my boat, the paint, the non-skid, yeah. uh, the way things are going to be put together that are more workmanly than perhaps you would find on a brand new boat or the way a recreational uh, the way recreational boats or trawlers are sold. Uh, be- because I just think, look, if you travel long-term and you live on a boat long-term, which I have, it, things get tore up. They get right. wore out. Uh, you, you could take the most beautiful boat you want, but if you're living on it for a year or traveling for a year on it, it's going to get trashed no matter what. So you mm-hmm. may as well make something that's easy to maintain, right. very quick to kind of fix things. Yeah. You well, know? and if you're building it or restoring it like you are, you're you're going from the ground up. I mean, you're going to know every nook and cranny of this vessel, and uh, that, exactly. that would only play to your advantage, I would think. Barry the Boater, what do you think about that? Well, I think one of the questions I have is um, contractors will generally set up a schedule of how they build their building, and a lot of manufacturers will do the same thing. So everything gets done in a certain order. Did you ever set up anything like that, like a big chart as to doing it piece by piece there so it that is. you don't forget something? There you go. He yeah. has a massive so dry can, erase board. May, so <laughs> Yeah, you may not be able to see it. This is a massive, this is like a four by eight. Six by eight uh, dry erase board where uh-huh. I have a list of all of the items. And, and in one of my videos, I, I actually have several reoccurring videos. They're called planning videos. They come out about every three to four months where I talk about, okay, this is what I'm working on now. And this mm-hmm. is what's coming up. And this is why I got to do this now where I do the next thing and exactly. kind of noodling around yes. the, the process of doing these things because <laughs> it's a. You don't it's want to close overwhelming in. to think about, you know, all oh, the steps I got to take to do this. Right. And each it, item on the board has another 20, 30, 40, 50 steps that have to be done. You sure. don't just say, oh, I'm going to put an electrical panel. Wow, there's there's fusing and there's uh, the proper connectors and the proper mm-hmm. wiring and the all sorts of things. And, and how are you going to branch it out? Yeah. And how are you going to branch close- it? I'm going to enclose in this this bulkhead today, and then you realize, yeah. wait, I didn't bring in my yeah. plumbing yet. Oh no! Exactly. Yeah. And Joe, I got to yeah. ask, you know, uh, who are the who are your go to people? Do you uh, do these videos and you talk about this project where it's a fuse box or whatever? Like, hey, this is what we're going to do today, and then all of a sudden you get a bunch of comments on your YouTube videos, like, hey, dummy, you don't want to do that. I mean, uh, who so, do you rely on? Who is your go to, uh, you know, boating uh, manufacturing what? guru? Well, when I started in boat restoration 30, 40 years ago, there was not really much internet, much YouTube content. The stuff had not gotten there yet, right? Mm-hmm. So everything was still in books. It was Nigel Calder. It was Don Casey. It was, uh, uh, you know, uh, back in the day, some of the magazines actually had really good how-to articles about how to do certain things. Right. And I actually had a library. My My wife was laughing at me the other day. I have about 300 books on restoring boats. She's like, isn't one enough? And I'm like, no, right. you got to have them all. Well, the Each kids are listening right now. They're going books. The what the heck are those? Yeah. 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 And, but yeah. now, now a lot of that information has kind of come over into the internet. It's available mm-hmm. in a lot of places. There's a lot of resources available for people. Right. There's even standards and guidelines that have been put in place about how you're supposed to do things, how you're not. It's talked about all the time. And, and then of course there's YouTube, which one of the reasons I started the YouTube channel was you know, I was searching for really good how-to information on how to do kind of amateur boat stuff, mm-hmm. and there's, I just felt like there wasn't the type of quality information or even just entertaining information that, that 
you know, really spoke to me. So I make videos that I would want to see as a guy who's been restoring boats for 20, 30 years. Right. And so I try to cover topics that maybe other people don't talk about. I mean, it doesn't take a lot of effort to turn on a time-lapse camera and grind away on a boat in your bikini and get <laughs> 100,000 views, right? That, I, no, I wait, wait, hold on. Here's the problem. I get 100,000 views. You know what yeah, I'm You're saying? not going to get 100,000 views if you're wearing a bikini. I'm just saying. No, you know. Greg, so no, don't worry about that. Yeah. He may but, get a lot uh, of comments. But, but now there are a couple of YouTube channels out there that are amazing you know uh mm -hmm. that really there are some people who are really going to some technical stuff andy miller boatworks today uh mads at sailing life there are you know there's a number of channels out there where there are some people doing some fairly ambitious technical problems that you can find you know hey how do i put in a water maker Mads put in a water maker i couldn't i was like i've never seen this before right uh, it's really fascinating yeah uh, well and you know it's like about, anything yeah. the youtube youtube is very good at that kind of stuff and then you watch these videos whether it's about boating or you know a water heater at your house or something yeah. you know and you watch someone go through that process and then you make uh, the decision like you know what i think i could do that or oh there's no way in hell I got to pull in an expert, exactly. you know, and, and you can watch him from that standpoint. But the other element to this, I think just from uh, a boating enthusiast type of thing is it's entertaining. I mean, as you can tell, Joe's uh, quite the talker. Mm. He, he fits in well with so. the world of boating crew. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he jokes around a lot. And if you watch his videos of him getting stuck in the bilge or whatever, or actually doing some real boating work, it's kind of fun to watch. It's just entertaining. Yeah. And, you know, if you like boating, I mean, this just may be right, uh, you know, right down your float plan there that where and you want to watch cool this. And the thing is, since he's, since he's doing this streaming all the time, we all have a chance to save his life. Yes, that's true. <laughs> He, okay. He's actually soliciting for you, you for uh, life alert or something. Right? An emergency number on the bottom of your video at all times in case something right. happens. We can start calling in. Hey, go get your husband. Pull him back out by the right. lines. Hey, you know yeah, that's happened. Some way to incorporate Alexa between us and his shop. Yeah. Yeah. Alexa, start the come along. You know yeah. that that actually has happened on YouTube quite a bit. They've had quite yeah. a uh, you know some live streams where someone got hurt or got into it, trouble, and they called the uh, it, authorities right, from the YouTubers that were watching it. You know the, so the I, viewers. I, I yeah. told you, I, I told you guys, I have a punch clock to punch in my hours to keep track of myself. Right, right. and I also have an injury log. I actually <laughs> okay. have a long oh, no. where I keep track of my injuries because I was really curious. Wait, wait, aren't you retired now? Yeah, I, I'm retired, but 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 the, I like counting things. Okay, I have a okay. I have a counter. Wait, are, I have a clicker counter on my. Are these OSHA recordable? Right. I'll tell you what. You know, we we need one of those uh, counters uh, more for mental reasons, but that's a whole different thing, different show. We got to wrap it up for this uh, this week. Till next time. Remember, whether it's sail or motor. Life is Life better, is better as, as a boat. Safe boat, everyone. Come back there. Come back here, you barnacle-bitten swab. World of Boating is brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. Any of this getting through to you, son? World of Boating is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. Computer standing by. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at worldofboating.com. <gasps> Computers can do that? So tell a friend and come aboard every week for the World of Boating. This is so great. I can't wait. I'm getting goosebumps. Feel me. Feel me. The radio show to
devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. TTFN, ta-ta for now. The opinions you just heard on the world of boating are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. What are you being such a weenie for? While on the water, your safety and the safety of many others depends on you. So boat smart and operate your vessel only after receiving the proper training and instruction for your area. There is a fine line between genius and madness. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at worldofboating.com. 